Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The Super Bowl is right around the corner. If you're looking to place a bet on any of the sports going on, betonline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in. If you had the Browns scoring 28 points in the first quarter, or winning, or the over in that game, then you're feeling good. Go ahead and bet again. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbooks experts. Hello, Lions fans. Jesse Cass here for the LMU Basketball Podcast here in the Believe Podcast Network on LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? And welcome into the show, everybody. Jesse Cass here for another episode of the LMU Basketball Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Thanks so much for tuning in as LMU firmly entrenched in the WCC season and getting things going. We talked last week uh, where the Lions had just played their WCC opener where they won against San Francisco. LMU has had three more games under their belt. Uh, a little bit of ugliness, some prettiness, and everything in between mixed in. One and two in the past couple with another game coming up uh, tomorrow. We're recording this on a Friday. Another game coming up on Saturday. And a quick turnaround, a game on Monday after that. So the the games are coming uh, quickly for the Lions. They're going to try to get themselves back on track after most recently a 65-61 to loss against St. Mary's. Uh, really tough one there. But we're going to rewind a little bit, go back to, to the beginning of the week. This previous Saturday, I mentioned that's where we really left off on the last podcast where the Lions were just coming off a win against San Francisco and they were heading to Pacific for their first WCC road game of the year. Quickly before we get there, I want to let you know, as always, if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. Five stars is always appreciated or we're available wherever else you can get your podcast. Also check out Believe.com and follow me for any of your LME basketball updates at Jesse underscore Cass on Twitter. So with that, as we mentioned, the Lions, after that win against San Francisco, were back in action against the Pacific Tigers, and it was it was an interesting game. And for the Lions this year, uh, before their most recent loss against St. Mary's, they were undefeated at home and winless on the road thus far. And it looked as if they might be able to reverse that trend, and, and granted it had only been to that point three road games, a couple of them against a really good Minnesota team. Uh, so not a whole lot to look into about that just yet, but uh, the performances on the road outside of that, really that one game, the second game against Minnesota where the Lions almost pulled it off, uh, have not looked great. And, you know, the reasoning for that, uh, who knows? You know, it's obviously no fans in the building, but you're still traveling. You're kind of stuck in a hotel. The surroundings are not as comfortable. So whatever the reasoning may, may be, uh, road games have not been as kind to the Lions so far this season. 
Uh, they were up by one at the half against Pacific in a very low-scoring first half, 24-23. to 23. Really a back-and-forth second half in that ballgame. LMU ended up taking a 12-point lead at one point. Pacific came roaring back. They ended up taking a lead. It was kind of trading runs back and forth until LMU went back up by five, 45-40. to 40. And then really from that point on, it was the Danis Jenkins show for Pacific, their Young guard had 18 points in the ball game. Big shots, and you know, seemingly every possession down during the stretch for Pacific. Ended up ending the game on an 11 to one run and leading to a a nine point Lion loss. So it was uh, a one point lead for the Lions. Ended up being a nine point loss in the ball game as they just could not get a shot to fall in the final four three and a half minutes. Uh, Damian Douglas fouled out of the ball game with about three and a half minutes to go, so that was really key. We know he's one of the Lions' primary defenders and, and obviously a great offensive option as well. Uh, you know, for the Lions, outside of Eli Scott, who has been just out of this world, of course, through his whole Lions career, but particularly uh, in the beginning of conference play, he's really turned it up another level. He had 19 points and eight rebounds in the game against Pacific. No one else had more than nine points. That was Douglas with nine. Jalen Anderson, Jalen Anderson had seven, Matias Markson had six, and Kelly Pepe had five. Uh, you know, the scoring was tough. Joe Quintana only took one shot attempt. He was really stifled and couldn't get anything off, did not score in that ball game. Lions only mustered 49 points in the game, and we said kind of fell in that road contest with kind of whimper, with, with a whimper at the end of the game. So the Lions, you know, they... None of these games have been for lack of effort. The The effort has been fantastic for LMU, but uh, and we've seen it in, in recent years as well. There's just certain times uh, this group is prone to offensive lapses, and we saw that uh, in this ball game. It's happened particularly on the road, but again, uh, we've seen it in some home contests as well. Um, the Lions did have a quick turnaround from that Pacific game where they ended up taking on San Diego, and this was another really, really interesting game. San Diego... Uh, I came away very impressed with them. They're obviously not a very good team by their record. They came in at one and five in the ball game, uh, made it one and six as LMU was able to cling and hang on to a a win by the skin of their teeth. It was a 72-69 overtime win, but the real reason San Diego was so impressive, they were missing six players due to injury, including their two top players in Joey Calcaterra and Yawan Masalski. Calcaterra, the leading scorer, Masalski, the leading rebounder and shot blocker, uh, and San Diego really was relentless. You know, they came out knocking down some three balls, really put the pressure on the Lions, and and even in the second half, you know, San Diego led by three at the break. Uh, even in the second half, when the Lions stepped up their defense to another level, uh, San Diego just refused to go away at any point, and that included late in the game when it seemed like the Lions might have had it wrapped up. San Diego kept on pushing. They ended up forcing overtime. Where the Lions were able to just pull one out, seventy-two to sixty-nine, and at the time keep that home winning streak alive. And so we said this was another one uh, where Eli Scott was dominant. He was a force up and down the stat sheet: twenty points, seven boards, six assists. But unlike the Pacific game, this was a game where he had help offensively. Damian Douglas, eight of ten from the field, nineteen points and nine rebounds. 15 points for Joe Quintana, so coming off that game where he didn't score and only attempted one shot, much more aggressive and made big shots down the stretch. So those three scored in double figures. And then you had Ivan Alipiev, eight points and seven assists. So when the Lions are going to win, and especially in conference play, and I think that 
uh, it's pretty evident right away. No matter who is in conference, and we've hammered this point home so many times throughout the years, but even if it's a team like San Diego, you look at the roster, oh, they have injuries, uh, they're probably expected to be at the bottom of the conference this year. It does not matter. If you don't bring your A game or a strong effort in conference play, then you're prone to get beat. So for the Lions, uh, they were luckily able to kind of learn that lesson in a win. Uh, but again, it shows you just there are no nights off in the West Coast Conference. And, uh, you know, for the Lions in conference play, they have to be able to find a way to, to get multiple contributors offensively. If they don't, then they're just not going to win a lot of these games. Uh, you know, the talent is certainly there for the Lions. They have four, five, six guys that are capable of contributing big numbers offensively. Of course, Eli Scott, the primary option, but Damian Douglas has been outstanding all year. Mention what Quintana is capable of. Kelelea Pepe, Matias Marcusin, Ivan Alipiev, Jalen Anderson. Those guys are really the key uh, rotation guys, and they're the guys who can really step up. And you know, It doesn't have to be double figures from everyone, but you need those contributions up and down the lineup to have a chance. And I think that you know, the three-point ball, they were 7 of 19 in the in the San Diego game, 37%. I think that's right where they need to be. You know, in the games, we've seen games this year where they go, you know, 2 for 20. Uh, just can't, simply can't have that going forward. You have to be able to make at least a respectable percentage of the three-point ball. And particularly so for, for this Lions team because they are so strong inside. And, you know, in conference, we saw San Diego a lot in this game play a 2-3 zone, kind of pack the paint. Uh, the Lions are still going to get buckets inside with great strength and interior players like Eli and Matias and Damian and his attacking moves. But, you know, if the floor is shrunk so much that the defense doesn't respect the outside shot, then it makes it so tough for those guys that work in the interior. And I think we've seen that play itself out in terms of a lot of the turnovers we've seen for the Lions. And that's kind of been a, a consistent talking point throughout the year. The, the Lions have had a solid season thus far. 7-5, and five, we mentioned you know, the home success, uh, a couple of really nice wins in there as well. But even in a, a lot of these wins where they've you know, had to have the learning curve, uh, there's been a lot of turnovers. There were 15 in the San Diego game. That's not an outrageous number, but it's still relati- relatively high. And that has kind of been a consistent theme for the Lions overall. So that's something they need to, without a doubt, uh, get better at. And that point was was really highlighted in the game against St. Mary's. Now, the Lions as a team on the year are up to 17.5 turnovers per game. So that number, too high. We've heard Stan Johnson talk about they want to aim for that number of 12 as a realistic goal for the amount of turnovers that they encounter during an average game. Uh, The St. Mary's game was just an absolutely unacceptable amount of turnovers. 27 turnovers. And... You know, you obviously give credit. St. Mary's is a very good team. They always play stingy defense. Um, they were hungry as they had lost their first three conference games, a really close game against Santa Clara, and then the two heavy hitters in the conference in BYU and Gonzaga. So the 0-3 mark for them was misleading because so they came in at 9-5 and on the year, and we knew that it would be a really, really tough game for the Lions. Elmu hasn't beaten St. Mary's since 2012, back when they had Anthony Ireland, Drew Viney, Jared Dubois, Ashley Hamilton, that group. Uh, back in the 2012 season when they beat a ranked St. Mary's team up on the road in Moraga. Um, And this year, despite all those turnovers, 27, they were in the game with a chance to win it. You know, first half, it was nip and tuck the whole way, low scoring, 26-24, two-point game at the half with the Lions trailing. Second half, the Lions started to really feel the brunt of those turnovers, let the deficit balloon to 11 points, but 
to their credit, never gave in or stopped with the incredible effort that we've seen this entire year. Uh, we're able to whittle that lead down. St. Mary's contributed with some turnovers of their own, a lot of missed free throws for them, and should note for the Lions, free throw shooting in the ballgame for LMU was fantastic. That isn't always the case either. They were 18 of 22 from the free throw line, 82%, including Eli Scott, who came in at 65% from the line. He went 11 of 11 from the line. Uh, you also throw in Markson going 6 for 6. So big-time performance from the free throw line. Eli Scott, again, you know, stop me if you've heard this before, but dominant effort, 28 points, 12 rebounds as he continues to climb the double-double list for the Lions. Uh, but outside of that, the scoring around him was was relatively limited. Damian Douglas had 12 points in a nice game. He doubled some foul trouble, but was able to, for the most part, navigate around it. Matthias Markson had a solid game off the bench with eight, but no one else with more than four. And that, of course, includes guys like Lea Pepe and Quintana and Anderson and Alipiev. Uh, you know, the Lions in search of that consistent third scoring option offensively. Uh, they're going to need it, as we said, in conference play, and especially when you're turning the ball over at a high rate. Now, you do have to throw in the Lions out-rebounded St. Mary's tremendously, plus 19 on the glass, so they were able to make up in that way. But the turnovers were a lot, and it was just kind of stamped and hit with an exclamation point on the, the final exchange, really, of the ball game. St. Mary's misses a free throw at the line that would have made it a two-possession ball game. Lions get the rebound down three with a chance to tie the game. Joe Quintana trying to create space and set up for a shot, uh, stumbled, lost his footing, and traveled with the basketball. So it was just kind of a microcosm of the game at whole. Obviously, hard to fault a guy when he's just trying to race up the floor and get a shot off and, you know, loses his footing. There's not much you can do about that. But in, in general, as you said, it kind of encompasses the whole game for the Lions. So many of these turnovers, of the 27 turnovers against St. Mary's, were unforced errors, just lazy passes, bad passes where you're trying to squeeze it in an area where you have no place even thinking about making that pass, uh, offensive fouls where you're driving with your head down, illegal screens, all little things that are should be fixable for the Lions. And I think that, granted, with a team that has dealt with turnover issues, you're not going to erase all of that in one or two games, but we said the number can certainly be whittled down especially under 20. 27 is an outrageous turnover number that should never even be close to be touched. We know the Lions had 30 turnovers in a game a couple of seasons ago. You know, they're rare occurrences, but as you're kind of building yourself up and, and getting ready for tough conference battles, taking care of the basketball has to be a point of emphasis. And uh, for a team that is a relatively veteran-laden group, uh, you know, you do throw in the caveat that a lot of these guys... Missed a, missed a year. You know, Quintana, Douglas, Markerson were not on the team last year. Uh, so you can essentially like, split the difference of them being new pieces versus guys that are veteran pieces. Uh, but you do have a freshman point guard in Jalen Anderson. And uh, with all that said, you know, outside of Anderson, it's really a team with a lot of experience. So the turnover number should certainly not be that high. And I think it's something that the Lions with with greater focus and execution can can whittle down because we, as we said ended up being a four-point loss and a chance in the final seconds to tie the game against a St. Mary's team that most people uh, in the conference feel will again be at the top of the conference or at least in the mix for at the top of the conference like they always are so it shows you 
with all those mistakes, you're still not far away. And we've talked about that this year with this group of talent. Uh, there's an opportunity to be near the top half of the conference, but uh, if you want to be in that top four range, these are games that you have to win. And it's still early, but uh, as you go forward in the conference season, can't give games away that you can win. So uh, that's something to look for for the Lions, and we will take a look at the upcoming schedule on the other half of this break. Don't go away. With a new year comes tons of new big games in sports. With big games, you need big stakes. Kansas City Stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and save up to $25 on combos perfect for the game day. Plus, get free shipping with code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout. Try out the snack pack combo featuring small plates with big flavor, mini beef wellington steak, burger sliders, mac and cheese melts, shrimp wrapped in bacon, Mm. Every order is flash frozen, delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Basically every cut of steak imaginable, plus appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. Again, go to kansascitysteaks.com slash game day and use code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big game, big taste. All right, and as we move forward here in the LMU Basketball Podcast, we look forward to the upcoming games for the LMU Lions here in conference play. Uh, as we mentioned, the, a busy week for LMU. They had, of course, that game against Pacific this past Saturday, and then three games this week due to some of the postponements and cancellations at the beginning of conference play. But mentioned, of course, the San Diego game was on Tuesday, St. Mary's on Thursday, Santa Clara Saturday. So three games in the week, and then they have another one on Monday to kick off next week at Portland. So let's start with the Santa Clara ball game for the Lions, who uh, defeated Santa Clara on the road last year. But of course, different year, different teams, different coach for the Lions. So, you know, hard to read too much into that. And, and for Santa Clara, different key pieces on their roster. Really, two of their top guards from a year ago, Taj Edey and Trey Wirtz, uh, are gone. Taj Edey transferred to USC. Trey Wirtz transferred to Notre Dame. Uh, so Santa Clara, a little bit different look, but still a talented ball club. And, and for Santa Clara, they do still have a couple of the pieces that made them successful a year ago, most most notably Josip Bronkic, who's a talented, versatile stretch forward, you know, can shoot the ball, though he's really struggled shooting from outside this year, just 19% from three. But, you know, he's a tough player for, for Santa Clara. Uh, Jalen Williams has been a nice player. So they, they have some talent, but again, in the league, as you said, there are gonna you you can be a coin toss with so many of these matchups. When you're at home in particular, have to take care of home court. Of course, the Lions have done a great job of that this year. That St. Mary's loss was the first home loss of the year. They're seven and one at home. Uh, but you know, particularly when you're battling and jockeying for position in the conference, these are games that you have to win uh, against teams that you feel like you're either better than or an equal footing than, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this is a game that's a toss up game, but I think the Lions. Uh, you know, it's way too early in the season, and if you lose, you just keep moving forward. You don't want to say must win, but it would be a a game that would be tough to lose. You can put it that way. So you, you want to win that game at home against Santa Clara. Uh, and then on the road against Portland, it kicks off a four-game road trip for the Lions. And, uh, you know, Portland, again, has a, is a team that has really, really struggled over the past four or five years. They have, you know, been averaging 
at best, two, maybe three conference wins. They've had a couple years where they had zero or one win in conference. You know, they seem like they're a little bit better this season, but again, by the early indications in, in conference play, uh, 0-5 in conference play. So certainly a team you have to go on the road and take care of business. Uh, you know, you can't dilly-dally in that game, can't let them get off, get off to a hot start and feel like they have a chance. You have to kind of smack them in the mouth right away. Uh, and try to put that game away as early as possible. Now, as we said, that's always easier said than done in conference play. But again, opportunities for the Lions early in this conference season to kind of bulk up that record. And if you want to do that, really the next three games in particular are games that LMU should win based on their talent and, and what they expect of themselves. Santa Clara at home, Portland on the road, and then a rematch with San Diego on the road as well. We know that San Diego is not going to be an easy game from what we just saw. But again, a team that's 1-6 on the year, they themselves are 0-3 in conference. So a game you have to win. Uh, and then you follow that up to end that, uh, you know, the, the four-game road trip with games at Gonzaga and St. Mary's. You know, those are going to be, be tough to win. But, uh, you know, really the only one that I would say the Lions, and certainly they're not going to expect in that locker room to go in and lose any game. But... Uh, you know, make mo- no mistake, the number one team in the country will be favored in any game they play. Uh, so if you go three and one on that road trip, even two and two, that's a, that's a success. You know, St. Mary's in the final game of that four-game road trip, I think for the Lions and what we just saw in the last game, I think they'll be very, very hungry uh, to try to win that ball game. And I think they're very capable of doing that. So, um, you know, two and two, I think, is more than realistic on the road trip. Uh and then you throw forward three and one, I think should be what they're aiming for in that road trip as well. Because Portland, San Diego, St. Mary's, I think are all games you can circle and say, hey, if we are the team we expect to be, we can and should win those ball games. And then, you know, for the rest of the conference swing down the backstretch of February, you know, you've got a couple matchups with Pepperdine, another match with Pacific. You go to the return game at Santa Clara, go to San Francisco, have BYU at home. Uh, so there's a lot in there that are going to be, as we said, hard-fought, toss-up games. Uh, but at the start of this conference threshold for the Lions, uh, games that they have to take care of business of. Right now, as we said, they're 2-2 two and two in conference play, right in the mix, as you would expect with a 2-2 two and two number, with a whole bunch of teams. You know, Gonzaga, predictably 5-0, and oh, number one in the conference right now. BYU, just behind them at 3-1. and one. you got a couple teams that have only played... Three games, Pepperdine and Pacific are both 2-1, and one. San Francisco 4-3, and three. and then LMU uh, and Santa Clara right there. Another reason that you got to win this game, 2-2, two and two, both of those clubs. So you want to get the leg up on Santa Clara early in the conference season. St. Mary's at 1-3, and three. that'll almost certainly turn for them as they'll look to get rolling. And then at the bottom, San Diego and Portland, two teams the Lions will be seeing very soon. So opportunities for LMU, but as we said, in order for them to to be successful in these upcoming games, a couple of key factors. You know, Eli Scott, of course, continuing to play like an all-conference player, which he is, will help. Uh, but he needs that help around him. I think Damian Douglas has been firmly entrenched as that other key scoring option. It's just about finding a consistent third scoring option. I think Joe Quintana is more than capable of being that guy. Certain games, you know, I think he has to be more aggressive. Obviously, in conference play, the scouting is more thorough and robust you know teams are keen in him as really one of the the primary shooters on the club and it's tough on him when they're really getting out on him on the perimeter but you know he's skilled enough I think to to be that third scoring option 
and then you throw in the other guys. Kelly Lea Pepe set a really off shooting night against uh, St. Mary's, uh, as did Ivan Elipiev. Those guys are capable, and I think Markison, you know, the Markison Lea Pepe dynamic, as long as they can get anywhere from 10 to 14, hopefully more for them, but points out of that center rotation between those two players, I think that would help out tremendously as well. And then anything you get from the rest of the supporting cast, including Jalen Anderson, who, you know, still a freshman, young player, very talented. I think he's still finding his footing, especially in conference play. So, you know, you'll get contributions from him as well. And we'll see if any of the other guys off the bench can provide a spark. Cody Pugh is playing a little more, but not really uh, providing much yet. You know, Quentin Jackson Jr., who I think would help the guard rotation and the turnovers as a veteran presence, has been out for the last number of games with with a boot after an ankle injury. So unknown when when he'll return, but I think he could certainly help out this team in, in terms of their depth and, and ball handling uh, and playmaking. So hopefully he can get back sometime soon and, and help out this Lions team that still, despite you know a couple of off performances and you know a game they hung on to win against San Diego, a tough one they lost against St. Mary's, uh, still a lot of reason for optimism. And I think, as I said, the Lions have a real opportunity early in the conference season uh, to, to bolster up their record. I think the, these next three games in particular, Santa Clara, Portland, San Diego, uh, you should win all three of those games if you're the Lions. So hopefully they can come out, uh, take care of business. It all starts for them Saturday. Uh, as always, I'll be on the call for that one with my broadcast partner, Jonathan Grace. It's a 4 p.m. tip-off on Saturday. KXLU, you can tune us, tune us in on that one. And then Monday, quick turnaround, 2 p.m. afternoon game, a little... Uh, matinee performance for the Lions. So look forward to both of those ball games, and then we'll be back with another episode of the LMU Basketball Podcast next week to break it all down. So, as always, thanks for tuning in here on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, and you can find us wherever else podcasts are found. Be sure to follow me at Jesse underscore Cass on Twitter, and we'll keep this thing moving. But until then, thanks for listening on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, and the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Lions. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.